We are continuing our sermon series through the lectionary this summer, and this morning we'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the Spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church, and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with the first verse. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I want to begin again by saying thank you to each and every one of you for the opportunity you gave Julianne and and me to go to Montreat a couple of weeks ago. It was a great experience for us. We were leading the keynote for the, the, the youth conference a couple of weeks ago. We did the keynote speeches in the morning, and then uh, there was another preacher who did all the preaching at night. And it was, that was probably some of our favorite parts of being up there, the chance to meet new people and hear other people speak, because I, I hear myself speak enough, quite frankly. But, uh, but Damon Williams was the preacher in the evening. He was a wonderful, wonderful preacher. He worked in, and is a preacher at Providence Missionary Baptist Church just outside of Atlanta. And uh, it was great to get to know him. And as you might imagine, being a missionary Baptist preacher, he's used to a little more congregation interaction from his church than he got from the Presbyterians that were there at Montreat. In fact, he was nice enough to give us a little tutorial while he was preaching so that we could interact with him the way his congregation interacted with him at home. 
he would say things like he would give little corny jokes and he would point and say, now right there, that's where you're supposed to laugh. And we would all laugh. And he would say, now I want you to take notes, but I talk really fast, so you have to write really fast. And he would teach us about things like a hand clap of praise, things like that. And every now and then when he said something poignant or something very meaningful, he would get that Presbyterian poignant silence back and he would say, right there, that's where the amen goes. And so he would say that a couple of times. He would say something like, you know, you cannot forgive other people until you realize that God has forgiven you. And he would point and say, the amen goes right there. Or he would say things like, each and every one of you have a voice. God has given you a voice and you need to learn to use it. And then he would point and say, the amen goes right there. Or he would say something like, what in the world would we do without our iPhones? And he would say, the amen goes right there. He taught us that any time we thought he was saying something truthful, any time he was speaking truthfully, heard that before, I'm sure, that you're supposed to say amen. Because that's what amen means. Amen in some ways means uh, whatever has just been said, let it be so or let it be true. When we say amen at the end of a prayer, what it means is we either believe what was just said is true or we hope that it will be true. When we say amen at the end of our hymns, it's because we believe whatever we just sung was true or that we hope that it will be true. When we say amen, it means that we believe what was just said was spoken truthfully. Let it be so. Let it be true for each and every one of us. Well, I don't know if you caught it at the end of the passage that I just read from Ephesians, but Paul says that truth is pretty important too. He ends by saying, speaking the truth in love. You might have heard that phrase in your own life. And most of the time in my life when I have heard that phrase, usually what that means to me is that we're supposed to say, well, truthful things, but say it in a kind way. I always think of that famous Southern phrase, bless your heart. When somebody says bless your heart to you, you know that they're about to tell you something you don't want to hear. Like, bless your heart, you can't carry a tune in a bucket. Or, bless your heart, you're all arms and legs and clumsy as can be. You know, those kind of things. In fact, this past week, I don't know if you all noticed, I got a haircut this week. And I was sitting in the barber chair and I asked my barber if if she could see any gray hairs on the top of my head. And her response was, you look very distinguished. (laughs) I... (laughs) I think, <laughs> I think that was a yes. She was trying to speak the truth in love. But when, when Paul says, speak the truth in love, Paul is not talking about saying nice things or saying mean things in a nice way or even saying true things in a kind way or a nice way. In fact, this whole passage that I just read to you, these 16 verses are all about unity being united in the Spirit of Christ, being united in the Spirit of God, knowing that all of us are different. In fact, if we were doing a Bible study, I would ask you to flip over to 1 Corinthians because parts of this passage in Ephesians really echo those lists of the gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians. Paul tells us that Christ has given us all of these gifts. We all have different gifts. We all have different minds. We all have different ideas. And we have given, been given all of these gifts from God But we're supposed to use all of those differences to be united in Christ, to build up the kingdom of God together. And what holds us all together in the midst of all of these differences, in the midst of all of these different gifts? The truth. We all agree upon the truth. 
We all have different gifts. We all use those gifts in different ways, but we build up the body of Christ because even in the midst of our differences, we all hold fast to the same truth. Well, I hope you're starting to see the problem that we have because we can't really seem to agree upon the truth these days. The truth is, seems to be a moving target. We all have different ideas of the truth, and sometimes that truth can be based on very simple things. That truth can be based on what television show you watch or what television station you watch. That truth can be based on who your favorite politician is. or That truth can be based, believe it or not, on what version of the Bible you read or even which parts of the Bible you read the most. We determine our own truth based on those, own, those influences in our life, those voices in our life that we choose to listen to. Uh, even right now, we have disagreements. Are, are masks healthy things or are masks harmful things? Are vaccinations healthy things or are vaccinations harmful things? Or we disagree about the truth of whether racism is something that is really effective our society or if we're giving too much influence or too much attention to racism around us right now. We disagree on the truth about all of these different things because we get our truth from different places. Well, I don't know if it's a comfort to you, but the truth of the matter is, this has been the case for all throughout history, even in Ephesians. I don't know if you heard when I was reading that passage, there's a little passage there where it says, let us no longer be tossed about to and fro by people who are practicing deceit. Even back at the time of Paul, there were different voices, competing voices, trying to get people to believe the truth that those voices were saying. And we've experienced that even before the past few years. There are different voices that tell us uh, some, the, the way to move forward in life is to get revenge against your enemies. And then there are other voices that say, no, love your enemies. There are different voices that say the only way to get ahead in life is to be rich and to be powerful. And there are other voices that say, no, the only way to get ahead in life is to be a servant and to love your neighbor. We have all these voices, these competing voices trying to tell us the truth. Wouldn't it be grand if we had some sort of filter we could use, some sort of lens that we could use, and all the different voices that we hear every single day, if there was some sort of lens we could use to help us tell what really was the truth? Back when I was growing up and I was playing basketball before I gave up my athletic days. I played basketball in high school and, and we had to run a lot. That's one of the reasons why I probably gave up being an athlete. But our coach would make us run all the time. He would make us run wind sprints and laps and, and shuttle drills, all kinds of things. And I remember our, our toughest coach was a coach named Coach Gibson. And Coach Gibson would tell us, all right, the practice is over. Run 20 laps, 20, run 20 wind sprints and you could go. And then he would step outside and, and make a phone call and call his wife or call someone else that he he needed a call and so we would start to run but sooner or later a few of us inside would say hey he's not watching us let's just let's just slow down a little bit we'll run six or seven laps and when he comes back inside we can tell him we ran the full 20 sprints sure enough he would come back inside and we would say oh yeah we've been running this whole time sprinting we would we've run all the 20 sprints that you've said but coach Gibson always had a little secret we had one player a player named Ernest. He was a power forward, and he was a big old teddy bear of a guy. And Coach Gibson would walk up to Ernest, look him right in the eye, and say, Ernest, did you all run all 20 of your sprints? And Ernest couldn't look him in the eye and lie. So he would look down at his shoes and say, yes, sir. 
and Coach Gibson knew we were all lying, that little lens, he could just look at Ernest's eyes and he could tell whether we were telling the truth or whether we were lying. Wouldn't it be grand if we had something like that, like Ernest's eyes? Well, that's what Paul is trying to give us in this passage this morning when he says to speak the truth in love. He's trying to tell us that the lens that we need to use in order to determine the truth is love, this agape love, not the pithy love, the Pollyanna love, the, even the romantic love. No, this agape love, this love that is used for the way God loves us, this sacrificial love, this benevolent love, this love that puts other people before us, just like God put us before Himself. Just the way Jesus Christ went all the way to the cross, it's because of that agape love. That's the word that's used there. And that's what Paul is trying to tell us. Speak the truth that is found in love. Not the truth that's found in hate. Not the truth that's found in revenge. Because truth aren't, is not found in those things. No, speak the truth in love. Live the truth in love. Listen for the truth in love. Enact the truth in love. The lens that God has given us is this agape love. That if we would just, every day when we walk out of our doors, before we open our mouths, before we interact with other people, if we would stop and say, am I loving someone else the way God loved me? Then we would know the truth. We would know if we were speaking truthfully or speaking lies. We would know if we were living truthfully or if we were living lies. We would know if we were listening truthfully or listening to lies. I told you this story years ago, but it's a, a story that has meant a lot to me. It's a story from a, a church in Beirut in 1983. The pastor was a man named Fahed Bonin, and he was telling this story about being a, a Christian pastor in Beirut during the, the last Arab-Israeli war. And it was a time when the city of Beirut knew they were about to be sieged, and so this Christian church had decided they were going to go out and buy up as much of the, the food and the goods that they can and store them at the church so that they would have enough in case the city got sieged and so they had a lot of money and used that money to buy up and stock their pantries and had enough food for a little while and finally when the city was sieged the leaders of the church got together and they had to try to decide how are we going to distribute all of this food well of course some of them said well we bought it we should give it to our church members first and then the other Christians around us here in our neighborhood and then finally if there's any left over we should give it to the Muslims that are around them just so that they can have some food as well but others said, no, we need to do the exact opposite. We should give it to the Muslims first and then to the other Christians. And then finally, if there's any left over, keep it for ourselves. They argued and debated those two motions for quite some time when finally one of the leaders stood up and said, well, if we don't show the love of Christ to those around us, who will? And with that word, you know what all the other leaders said? Amen. They knew where the amen went. They knew what the truth was. And so they voted to share their food first rather than keeping it for themselves. That's important for us to know where the amen goes. Last week when we were going through this wonderful week at Montreat, we got to the end of the week and I'm proud to say that those students learned when they were supposed to say amen. 
We got to the end of the week, and, and there were people with tear-in eyes, not ready to go back home. We were, one, loving this opportunity to be together in this uplifting place, in this uplifting spirit of Montreat. But we got to that last night. Damon was preaching his sermon, and he said, let's just all speak the truth here for a minute. We still have the same differences that we came with. I'm still a Baptist. You are all still Presbyterians. Our, our music leader is still Episcopalian. And when you go back home, we're going to go back to all those same differences. Those of you who are Democrats when you got here are going to be Democrats when you go home. Those of you who are Republicans when you got here are going to be Republicans when you go home. And he was kind enough to say, I'm going to be black when I go home and you're going to be white when you go home. He said, what is going to unite us is not that we are now all uniform, that we are all the same. No, in fact, we're not the same. We've all been given different gifts. We all come from different places. No, what will unite us, what will keep us connected, even when we're apart, is the love of Jesus Christ. What will keep us connected is that agape love. And when he said that, without needing the point, all of the youth said, amen. That's all we need to know, isn't it? where to put the amen. And that's what I hope for you today as you go back out into the world and you're trying to decide what the truth is. All that matters is where you put the amen. When you hear those voices out there that tell you you really don't matter and you only matter by how much you can please other people, I hope you'll remember the voice of God from Jeremiah that says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you by name, in fact. And you'll know. The amen goes right there. Or when you hear people that say, it's time to conquer your enemies, it's time to get revenge, I hope you'll remember the voice of Jesus Christ saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, and you'll know. The amen goes right there. Or when people say that the only thing that matters in life, the only thing that gives your life meaning and purpose is if you have money and power and influence. I hope you'll remember those words from 1 Corinthians that say the only thing that gives your life meaning and purpose is faith, hope, and love, and you'll know. The amen goes right there. That every time you step out your door, when you encounter someone different than you, when you encounter your neighbor, or when you encounter your enemy, that you will filter everything you say and do through God's agape love. Because if you do, then those people out there in the world, our neighbors and our enemies, might just realize that they are hearing the truth from us. They're hearing the truth from the truth in love from us. They are, know that we are speaking truthfully and acting truthfully and listening truthfully and living truthfully. And that when they leave us, they will want that to be true for their own life. They will say, after meeting us, so let it be for me. They will say, after meeting us, Amen. To the glory of God. Amen.